Well, just because the flags aren't there, the heart of most of those people are not going to change. The heart of that organization probably hasn't changed. And what we shouldn't do, in my opinion, as black people, you know, use this as an opportunity to, to run up and make them more money by starting to support them, starting to go to the races. Like, let that shit bankrupt. Like, let that shit go out of business. We shouldn't be this. This falls into the thing where black people are, are so easy to forgive. Like, that's cool. You got really Confederate flags, but. At, in my eyes, that really doesn't change anything. Just yeah, what's good? It's your boy South Seven Hundred Six. This is KTSE Av. We are the content attenders, hot take avengers, talking everything you thought you didn't need to hear. Subscribe to Apple, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Let's get it. So, as per usual, we have uh, our co-host uh, Marcus Siffles, Sniffles, like damn Siffles, Sniffles, and uh, Mister Mister Savage, the Messiah, um, our Black King. What's good, y'all? Cut the damn music to start off. I want to go ahead and say, fuck Shit, Owen, fuck my big black dick any day of the week. Oh. And I'm gonna put it on tape as soon as I make it big. Uh, shout out to everybody that's been holding it down as far as the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, we still yes. see you out here. We're still supporting you. Uh, rest in peace to Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, uh, and Ahmaud Aubrey as well. And everybody else that was, oh, and Rashad. Rashawn, or is it Rashad? Yeah, I forgot to add that one. Shout out to that burnt down Wendy's, man. Good good for you, Atlanta. Good for you. Good for you. Wakanda, as they as <laughs> stupid nigger like freaking T.I. want to call you. It, it's supposed to be a freaking safe haven, but we're still getting killed there, but we weren't supposed to ride there. Okay, fat-ass killer Mike and fucking whack-ass T.I. I, I, right, you know, whack, whack, whack. Whack is a stretch. I'm burn every T.I. CD that I have. And just to let you know, I know this may not ever reach the, the red coffee table and T.I. and Tiny's retreat to being freaks or whatever they call it stupid show but i put it on tape i'll destroy every ti cd i ever had because i have all of them i'm so disappointed in ti and his takes and black people we got to get out here and stop letting alleged seven-time felons that were basically a snitch who only did one year for all the guns ac3 savage yeah, I was just gonna say I, I'm glad you didn't call me Marcus Syphilis. That'd have been that'd have been bad. Well, but... I thought he was gone. Yeah, I'm just keep that one to myself. <laughs> I, I I mean, I, I guess you're having a good week. Uh, I, I liked it. Adolphus uh, started the podcast with a lot of vim. You know, bringing the bringing the funk, bringing the energy. I like that. Exactly. So. <clears throat> but and, I mean, but real quick, this wasn't on the list. But Candace Owens, man, like cool. it, we talk about Ti and Killer Mike, like. And the thing is, is like uh, Mayor Bottoms, Keisha Bottoms, she wants them to be like the beacon for black people in Atlanta and kind of like the voice of Atlanta, which is crazy. But there's people out here who actually ride for Candace Owens as the voice for black people, which is very confusing. That's not possible. Ah, Man. So I recently logged into Facebook for like the first time in over a, over a year, and I'm about to immediately delete it, man. Like I've seen black people out here champion championing for Candace Owens, saying that she's speaking the truth. I was like, all right, man. Like it is what it is. But there, there's there's many tweets and websites that clearly show she is a what they call her. 
She pretty much chases the dog. We call bitches like her bed wenches. She's married a white man. And I'm sorry, I told myself I wasn't going to use the B word no more. But for Candace Owens, you're a bitch. A funky dog-headed bitch. Well, they say she's an opportunist. So wherever the dollar is, wherever the opportunity is, that's where she'll go. But I mean, she's clearly been exposed. I mean, GoFundMe uh, deactivated her account for talking mad crazy about black people uh, regarding the uh, George Floyd situation, pretty much saying that we should comply and that not all black people are merch thieves and criminals. Just some, just some nonsense, like false equivalencies, because, again, nothing he did earned him that death sentence on tape. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, it is what it is. I mean, if if you do rock with Candace Owens, I'm curious to know why. Like, what really makes her the one for you? But that's another conversation for another day. If you rock with Candace Owens, please DM me at AC3Savage, and I'm going to send you a picture of my dick, because that's what you are to me. You're nothing. Allegedly, because I feel like that is uh, some sort of crime, but, you know. Okay. It is what it is. So I mean, so what we want to start off with, uh, I guess, start off with again is, and we see this on Twitter, Facebook, you see it on the news, like, and I'm almost specifically single out people, and I'm not going to try to generalize, but I'm going to kind of generalize. And I don't know how many of these people are in our demo, but white people. I have a serious question, a very serious question. Like, I know we're in a recession. We got the we got the Rona out here running wild, even though people just pretend it disappeared. But like, I, I really want to know why are you so mad? Like, I I don't I don't understand it. Like, you're the majority of the population. You not only run the United States, but essentially white people run the world, right? You get representation everywhere you go: movies, TV, sitcoms, mayors, presidents, lawyers, judges. Anywhere you go, you see yourself. But like you get on Twitter and you're just like, hey, I'm willing to throw my job away because I want to be openly racist and angry on tape for no reason. Or I don't want to comply with rules of wearing masks to keep other people safe. Because remember, all lives matter, apparently, until you don't want to wear a mask and get people sick. And then you're on video cussing and calling people niggers and go back to your country. Like, why are you so angry? Like, I I don't understand that y'all aren't the ones getting killed on tape. You know what I'm saying? Y'all aren't getting denied loans. Y'all are getting callbacks for job interviews. You know what I'm saying? Y'all are afforded education. Y'all are y'all are just generally given the benefit of the doubt. But you're so but why are you so angry? Like I, I don't get it. Does anybody have the answers? Can somebody please clue me in? Because I mean, if you really look at it, the minorities, black folks, we should be the angry ones. Because again, every other week, every other, every other day, it's another one of us getting clipped on tape or on video. And then being told that, oh, you should have complied. Oh, you know, well, you stole some cookies in the second grade, so you deserve to die. Like, huh? What? I told y'all the story on the podcast about me and the freaking gummy worms, right? Where they no, tried no, to no. get a record for it. No, no, no. no tell, tell that one. I'm in Publix in Orange Park, Florida, uh, probably one of the top 10 racist cities I've ever lived in, and I'm from Mississippi, so you know it's bad. I, 14 years old, they had free samples. I went in there. Everybody used to go in there. They used to grab the free samples. I grabbed a handful of gummy worms, valued at like a dollar and 83 cents or something like that. Cop, like, follows me out, pulls his gun on me, freeze, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like, why do you have your gun out? You know what I'm saying? So they pull me back in there, and they're trying to send me to juvenile detention 
and I had the money to pay for the stuff in there. And I was like, hey, you guys, it says free samples. It doesn't say free samples limit one. It doesn't say limit two. It says free samples. Basically tried to ruin a young black brother's life and have me in freaking juvenile detention over something that they put up and they didn't specify on their sign. Like, thank God my mom was there and able to kind of ration with them. Like they didn't even want to take the money for it. They wanted me to go to jail. To, to juvenile detention center because I was a larger black man and we're all thugs. I don't get the benefit of the doubt. And what ended up happening was the cop actually went over there. Another cop went over there and seen the sign and was like, well, really we can't do anything to him. So I ended up getting like banned for five years from Publix, uh, which I went in there anyway, uh, because y'all can't stop me, but it's just another prime example. Like we, if I was white, they would have easily said, Oh, well, you know what it is on the sign. Uh, but it's just limit one, you know, so put the rest back or throw them away or, hey, if you got some money, give us some money. You're going to give me a record for a dollar and 83 cents worth of fucking gummy worms? Like, come on, man. They're trying to ruin our lives. That's what they want to do. I don't know what it is in them that's that's just deeply rooted in hatred. Like, I know that they were raised on old glory and I know they love that flag to death. They love it so much it makes them faggots. Uh, excuse, okay. excuse I'm sorry. Wow. Wow. They can take that flag and shove it up their ass. But the thing is, we have done nothing to them. And like Tupac said, what if we decided that we want revenge instead of just wanting to be left alone? What about if we just went out here popping random white people and acting crazy? You know what I'm saying? We don't even do that. We just want to be left alone. We just want to shop in peace. If my tail lights out, I want to... I want to not fear for my life. You know what I'm saying? When I get pulled over by the police that are hired by my taxpayer money to protect and serve. It's a bunch of bitch asses. And fuck the flag too. The Confederate one, should I say. So, and that, that brings up an interesting point. Because I saw somebody post an interesting uh, picture saying, sometimes I sit and wonder, what exactly did black Americans do to white Americans to hate us so much? We cooked your food. We raised your babies. Work your land, build your roads. And we can also add in after watching you know, movies like The Five Bloods, which we'll talk about later. We fought your wars. We still fight your wars for you, forgave you. We can also add in, entertain you in every every entertainment venue you can think of. Sports, music, movies, live entertainment, instruments. So so what is it? Like, where does this this inert, this inherent hatred come from? It, it doesn't make any sense. And again, can somebody, one of our white listeners, can you give us the answers? Because I, I, I really need to figure this out. That stuff has been like ingrained in white culture and white people from the jump. Like as soon as black people got some type of freedom, a little bit of space to, to breathe and be themselves, all of a sudden it's like, well, we can't have them doing this. We can't have them. Uh, now that they have freedom, we can't have them having any money. We can't have them having nicer things than us. We can't have them, you know, dating or marrying our women. So we need to create, you know, propaganda movies to show that black people, black men, black women are scarier than others are more dating. Like they do studies on this stuff. Like they, they all the old, uh, like baby doll thing. You know, they show like the white baby doll and the black baby doll, which one is prettier. And it's always the white one. Cause that stuff is ingrained in our culture. You, they show pictures of uh, 15 year old black girls and 15 year old white girls and the 15 year old black girls are viewed as older. They're viewed as 
uh, more mature. So in that way, they are more sexualized as kids, as opposed to white girls who are viewed more innocently and younger. And the same thing with black men, they're, they're viewed as older. Like if you're tall, you have a little bit of facial hair, your voice is a tad bit deeper than, you know, another kid's all of a sudden you're viewed as an adult. You know, you think about like uh, Tamir Rice, who was, from what I understand, he was a bigger kid for his age, but he was still a kid. Like you can look at his face and tell like, that's a kid. That's not a grown man. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's, it's going to take a long time for, uh, for that to be erased from, from culture and from their, their, their being it's almost genetic at this point it's so ingrained in our culture to fear black people and to f feel like black women are older than what they are and that they can be treated however and it's just i mean like you said we've done so much for this country and given so much to them and yet you know they feel a certain way no matter what no matter what we do it's not enough and i don't know i just it's it's tiring and i'm i'm about tired of hearing from rich, rich white people like i don't want to hear your voice i don't care about your opinion open your wallet put some money on it like i don't want to hear your videos i want to hear your podcast i don't hear none of that shit. open your wallet pay up pay what you owe you know what i'm saying 99 years ago we tried it a different way we said you know what uh, well not 90 99 years ago from the massacre but during that time, um, and this is Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma, we decided that, you know what, we're going to recirculate our own money. We're going to start our own businesses. We're going to just do our own thing. And 99 years ago, they bombed and tore through that city and burned it into the ground. And why? Like, it wasn't like we were doing anything to you. Like, they won't let, they won't leave us alone. Like, at all, even when we have stuff like I remember, I was listening to a podcast like two years ago, and it was saying how uh, Detroit a few years back it was a lot of like real estate downtown, and there was some 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 African Americans that was actually trying to come through and buy uh, real estate property in Detroit, and they were declining. Like they were going to start a new Black Wall Street uh, with some large fishing company, give a lot of black jobs. Uh, and just rebuild Black Wall Street. And they were like declined out of nowhere. And of course, it ended up going to like a lot of Asians and being split up. Like they just literally won't let us be. And that's the thing that I hate about this Black Lives Matter movement and where it stands now. I mean, I love it for the Black people and what we're doing. But if you really pay attention, it's being taken away from us as always. Like it's turning into some sort of, a, a, of course, gay rights, which we want y'all to have y'all's rights too. Uh, it's turning into, hey, who do you need to vote for? Who do you don't need to vote for? And just different things. People are burning shit up, blaming it on us. It's, it's just crazy when you think about it. Uh, but at the end of the day, it was a, it was an old, 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 and I can't, I'm paraphrasing. But Malcolm X has said, you know, as far as letting other people infiltrate our marches, if you want to help open up your open up your wallet, but don't come march with us. Let, let the Million Man March be just us. Let the Black Lives Matter be just us. You know what I'm saying? Because what y'all are doing is you're coming in here, y'all are tearing shit up, and we're getting the blame for it. Like I know with uh, the events that happened last night, everybody was saying, oh, well, you know, the Black Lives Matter angry mob burns up the Wendy's. And then video shows it was a white woman. Like, come on. Y'all make us look bad, and you take over our marches. And it's kind of like if you really want to help, Put your money where your mouth is. 
if you're the government, if you're the Democrats, if you really want to want to help us instead of making a mockery of us wearing Kenta cloths, why don't you fucking give us reparations? $14 trillion amounts to $350,000 a piece for us. We're owed that. We built this country for free and white people are mad because we came back and said, hey, you owe us for this. We built the White House. I saw that. I saw that number that they were putting out for like, I think someone uh, proposed that deal. And honestly, that, that ain't enough. 300,000. Yeah. That's not enough for every black person. That ain't enough. It's not enough in my opinion. And, and that the reason I say that is because you mentioned uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma and by, and what happened there. Like, that's not the only time something like that has happened in our history. That has happened multiple times. There's like you can Google that. Like Tulsa is just Philadelphia one. and Rosewood. Yeah, yeah you're right. And these are just documented. We don't know how many exactly. undocumented times this stuff has happened. You're right. And then you, if you look at say, look at something like, uh, well, it's I believe it's like Jim Bean. It's a, a liquor company. Like that liquor or whatever that type of alcohol. It was like they found that it was created by a black person wait like i think black. you're about uh not jim beam but oh, this, or jack daniels who was jack, it so you think about how big of a company jack daniels is all that money that jack daniels made was supposed to go to a black person or at least half of it and none of it went to him so if you imagine like what happened if the black person that actually created jack daniels would have got some of that money where is his family? How does his generation change? How does that uh, change that man's future? And you got to think of all the things that have happened in our history. That Paula Dean is another one. She had black people working in her kitchen, stealing their recipes, and she's a multimillionaire. And uh, luckily, one of the black women, when she got older, um, actually wrote the cookbook. And I mean, I don't know what she's worth now. She's probably too old to really enjoy it. But same thing, stole stuff from black people. That's what they do. It's like, like all they, the freaking exhibits that African culture was stolen. They 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 steal from us and then profit off of us. So you got to think of all the things that we lost that we didn't get. All the money that like all the literally billions of dollars that you could probably trace back to like, well, a black person actually started this. Oh, this is an idea from a black woman and she didn't get paid. This is an idea from a black man that was stolen. He didn't get paid, but this white family was able to build generational wealth and is able to you know you know two two or three generations down the line you know buy a football team buy a basketball team create or, or have enough money to send their kid to harvard and enough money to support that kid to drop out so they can create facebook you know what i'm saying like there's little things like that along the way that happen that we were robbed of like people don't know where they come from they don't know their heritage they don't know anything all that stuff is a race they don't teach like, if you want to teach about black history in school, teach about all the things that we had that was stolen from us. Stop try, stop trying to make black kids feel uncomfortable during Black History Month. Make these white kids feel uncomfortable. Hey, your people burned down Black Wall Street because your people were so afraid of what black people could do with some money. Your people were so incompetent at creating liquor or creating music or creating art that they were they felt the need to steal from another black person that didn't have the rights to to do anything with it and make billions off of it. Like, talk about that. Like, I'm tired of hearing about, I'm not tired of hearing Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks 
But let's uh, I, I kind of am though because I mean, I, 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 mean, I get it. Like Martin Luther King is like, oh, I saw a meme today. Like, oh, he never looted. He never did anything violent, and he changed the world. I'm like, you can also add that he caught a bullet in the head. Like, y'all, they conveniently leave out that part in that narrative. So again, I and it's not a disrespectful thing about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. It's just like the narrative has been spun so much that it's almost like a slap in the face whenever anybody talks about. It. I'd be curious to see what they're actually teaching in Black history now, especially like, cause I mean, when I was a kid, we didn't have like, you know, or at least when I was in high school, we didn't have access to like Google at our fingertips like that, like smartphones to be able to like fact check things. Like at this point, I, I wonder like, what are kids doing? Like, are they just sitting here hearing the same lesson about Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks and just sitting quietly? Or are they saying like, hey, uh, why not talk about all the inventions that black people created? Have we done anything else? Uh, you know, all the uh, things that white people stole from us as far as culture and history and things of that nature. Like now it, it, at this point, you can't really hide anymore. At some point, you got to start talking about this stuff because kids know about it. They have it at their, they have YouTube, they have Google. They're, they're more informed than we were. Yeah. And, and just to kind of put a button on that, just for uh, some context, as of right now, from what I'm seeing on a daily news article, Jack Daniels' net worth is $12.3 billion. So, and all that money stayed in his pocket. It sure did. So, but, so imagine I mean, if half of that, imagine if half of that goes to the black man that actually created that. How does that change that man's family? Because who knows what happened to that guy? Who knows what happened to his yeah. family? That's money that's owed to them. That that is a fact, along with many other things. But I mean, I guess to stay on the trend of uh, bashing white people, I guess they attempted to do things good. You know, this is a extremely racist podcast. If you're a new listener, but uh, with all the pressure going on, with all the social movement going on, a lot of people are deciding to, I guess, reverse course on their uh, normal operations. And a big one that uh, caught a lot of people off guard was NASCAR. So NASCAR decided to finally, after all this time, even after Dylan Roof killed a bunch of people in a church in Charleston and, you know, had pictures of the Confederate flag and used that as kind of his motivation, they defined, they finally decided to ban the Confederate flag from all of their racetracks. And uh, the, the thing that throws me off with it, again, I know it's a PR thing. I know it's the hot thing to do right now, but the only reason I think there might be some validity to it and some, some sort of... Uh, you know, some sincerity to it is because like black people isn't really NASCAR's market. You know what I'm saying? They're not really trying to attract me as a fan. Like, I don't care what they do. I'm not watching that shit. They're losing money by doing that. NASCAR is because I mean, unless they start pandering to black people, like the people that they offended aren't coming back. And if you're black, you're, you're probably not going to NASCAR. You know what I'm saying? Just because it's NASCAR because of their history. But yeah, they're losing money by doing that. So that's, I think that's bold on their part. Yeah. At least. But I mean, I'm not going to give them, I'm not going to give them too much credit for that. Like, come on. It's yeah. Well, but I, I've seen people on Twitter talking about like, oh, we finna pull up the NASCAR races and oh, how fun would NASCAR races be, you know, since quote unquote, now we can go now that we're not kind of scared off by the flags. And my thing is, okay, cool, they got rid of the flags <clears throat> due to just immense social pressure and what's going on around the world. But just like with these other athletes and celebrities, 
just because you made a superficial change doesn't mean your heart is any different. Well, just because the flags aren't there, the heart of most of those people are not going to change. The heart of that organization probably hasn't changed. And what we shouldn't do, in my opinion, as black people, you know, use this as an opportunity to, to run up and make them more money by starting to support them, starting to go to the races. Like, let that shit bankrupt. Like, let that shit go out of business. We shouldn't be this. This falls into the thing where black people are, are so easy to forgive. Like, that's cool. You got really Confederate flags. But at, in my eyes, that really doesn't change anything. Just with a lot of uh, same with a lot of these people out here, you know, condemning racism. Like, you shouldn't already like it shouldn't like it's something you shouldn't have already been doing. You know, that should be the norm. You shouldn't have to come out and say, like, oh, we support black lives and racism is wrong. Like, that should be the norm. So when it's people nice. come out and have to make statements like that, that's a red flag to me. Yeah, it's not good enough to just be like, oh, we're not racist. Like, good, you shouldn't be. Like, that's the that's the yeah, that's bare the, minimum. Yeah. Don't be racist. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, don't be racist. Thank you. That'd be great. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, I'm, yeah. Imagine, imagine if these companies came out and was like, "Oh, you know, we don't condemn child molestation." Like, what? You shouldn't have to say that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what? you need a statement for that. And my my thing is yeah. about with the with the Confederate flag. It's like our country is always like, "Oh, it's always about winning, winning." You want you got to be in first place. No, don't give these kids participation trophies if you come in. If you're not first, you're last. Like the Confederate flag is the is like. The participation medal in a flag form, like y'all are a bunch of losers. What does that flag stand for? Besides, no, it's nothing but losers. Y'all lost that war. Y'all, y'all, y'all waved that flag so you guys could have the right to own people, to own slaves. That's what y'all fought for, and y'all lost that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, take your L, get that flag out of here, get your fucking stupid statues out of here, and take the like. We're not imagine getting a statue for for becoming in second place, bro. You came in second place and you want a statue? You want to put these niggas up on a statue? Not that. You, your people quit, too. Like, it's embarrassing. The white flag. It's embarrassing. Yeah. And it you feel, you know, they worship that stupid flag. They put on jackets, shirts. They put it all over the car. That and that stupid don't tread me, which I don't even know what that means with the snake on it. whoop the freaking do Like, get rid of it all. It's to me, I definitely understand the point that you guys are making as far as you don't get a participation trophy when you come to NASCAR for doing the right thing because you always should have done the right thing. You know what that flag means, and you know the type of people that traditionally support it. Um, I actually live less than five miles away from a major, I think they have like the Brickyard 600 or something, I don't know, but right down the street, they have a big race every Memorial Day weekend. And I kid you not, all around the stadium, you'll see Don't Tread Me, you'll see Confederate flags. If you look at all the tents for sale, they'll have Confederate flags, Don't Tread Me, the Blue Lives Matter, all of these different things that are just, you know, definitely, I mean, they'll have those things. You know what it means. And it's like to finally say, okay, well, we're not going to allow it. I mean, that's okay. I do think that it could be a PR stunt. Uh, maybe it'll help them out in the long run because they know, hey, black people spend money. So if we go pull up to these NASCAR races, we're going to spend that money. But in the short term, it's probably going to be short-sighted because who the hell wants to watch 
whatever that is, driving in circles for five well, miles. My my thing is is that I want NASCAR to I want NASCAR to pander to me. I want you to beg for my dollars. I want you to put some spinner rims on them shits. I want you to start playing like you know candy uh, heavy bass, yeah, candy paint on all them shits. I want you to pander to my black ass and I want you to beg for my money. I want you guys to look at your books and be like, all right, these racist people ain't coming back. We need to get these black people on board with NASCAR. What do we need to do? Throw some candy paint on there. Throw some rims on there. Have a have a torque t- contest before the race. So oh, okay. Get me out there. You know what I'm saying? You want my money? I want you to earn it. I ain't just going to give it to you because you did the bare minimum yeah. of taking your damn Confederate flags down. Or at least donate some money to a cause for black communities, especially if you're in Daytona, Talladega, Indianapolis, uh, Charlotte, you know, the, the major places. Donate some of your proceeds to helping out these black communities. That's how you show that black lives really matter. Hey man, throw some throw some bass in them trunks, man. Let them shits rattle before the pre before the, before the race. I want to see that shit. So again, I get out there to announce the shit. And I, I get it. It's cool. It's a cool gesture, but man, like they really could have did better than the stock image of the black fist and the white fist unity handshake. Like that car is fucking ugly, bro. Like y'all could have did much better than that. Like. You know what they should have went? They should have went like straight Africa, bro. They should have had an outline of Africa with the colors on there. They should have did some shit I like get that. The, the Kente. Yeah, I didn't even been. Yeah, even though that had been terrible, but like it's better than the stock image, bro. Like I've seen that stock image from literally every white like celebrity and athlete that's been caught caught slipping on the timeline. Like, oh, you know, what? let me post this extremely black hand <laughs> shaking this white hand. Like, why is the hand so black? Dog? We're not all like the, the the black people are not a monolith, bro. Like, we come in different shades, shapes, sizes. We're not all just super black, bro. Like, no, there's nothing wrong with that, but like. We all, like, we all. Have agree. you ever met a black person before? <laughs> like, are you just using the crayon that's in the box? Like, oh, it's, this is black, so that's what black, it is. Black crayon. Yeah. He's a black one. Yeah, but you know what? That's that's, that's a perfect transition to to using the black one. So apparently, the, after how many years, the bachelor has decided to, uh, yes. you know, dip it dip it to the chocolate and let a brother man get get some run on this. Um, uh, I don't watch The Bachelor. It's not my cup of tea. Um, I might have watched. I don't know. I don't think I watched it, but maybe the very first one, just because it was new. Like, I honestly, didn't know The Bachelor was still on. If we're keeping it the buck, but so the Black Bachelor, his name is Matt James. What what are what are our thoughts on this, guys? I'm all in. I'm all I'm all in. And, and I know I just said like you know we should just you know uh, go back <laughs> to giving people our money and our views of when it comes to NASCAR, but. Like I was two, I guess two seasons ago they had the the Black Bachelorette. I watched every episode. I watched the the uh, the season finale. I watched the uh, the tell all episodes. I watched all of that stuff. I live tweeted it, everything because I was like, you know what, this is the first black one. I'm gonna make sure I, I throw my support in there so we can get another one and hopefully, you know, that's why we have a, a black guy as a bachelor, which I. <sighs> We, we won't really know how how much ABC actually cares about the black dollars until we see what they do next year. Because after uh, Rachel, who was a black bachelorette, they went right back to a white man and then right back to a white woman. So after the black guy, if they continue to go down that same path of another 20 years of just white people, then it's going to be disappointing. But uh, I'm, I'm going to watch it. It's supposed to come out in 2021. Um, 
if they really want to get like black people on this shit, like no white women, no white women contestants. Oh yeah, I, hey, I was hey, actually a slim, a slim amount. You think, hey, you think but you want to you want to do this Black Lives Matter shit? Make all the women black. All no, but then you do instead black of getting. Here. You said his name was James Matthews, Matthew James, or something. Yeah, Matt James. Instead of Matt, get Melvin on there. Yes. Instead of a black, okay, girl, well, get a nigga on there. If okay. You want Hey, look, one of the most successful shows of our lifetime was Flavor of Love. Yes, it was. Power of New York. Yes, it was. If those would have existed in social media today, like ABC, there's the blueprint. Don't You don't have to make it too cheesy, ghetto. Yeah, or, I think that's the thing, man. Like, they, they bring were... Bring niggas on there. Don't bring black people. Bring niggas on there. I want, yeah, I want, some, I want half the girls to be contestants from like flavor of love like a woman that would have signed up for flavor of love i want her to be on the bachelor too give and her I, also said, and this, I mean i know it wouldn't happen but i even said if if they vh1 came up with like a little boosy version of flavor of love i would be all in like i normally don't do the reality tv but even the same with the bachelor like if you can give me a black person i can relate or relate with with black women maybe uh, I don't know how I many they have, maybe 10, 15. Uh, give me two white women, two Spaniards, and the rest black women, and let's just do it. You know what I'm saying? That would be a hell of a TV show on prime time. Like, I love it. That, that's need, what you do. I need one of those black women to be a, a dancer from Magic City, at least one of them. I need one stripper on that show. I need it. Shout out to Follies. Shout out to El Chapa, too. <laughs> okay. I know she watches the show. That's why. So I'm I'm looking through some of the pictures. I guess he used to play. He played college football in Wake Forest. He apparently used to have dreadlocks. That's that's a that's an interesting. He had a brief stint in the NFL, maybe a couple of months at wide receiver. Um, and again, I don't really necessarily need the. And I, and I hate that. I hate that it has to be like this. I've seen people on Twitter with with topics like these are like, oh. Like somebody said, they're talking about like the first black quarterback to do something or whatever. And I think they said something about Patrick Mahomes saying like, oh, well, he's biracial, so he technically doesn't count as being black. I'm like, he's still black, man. Like, I get it. He's M. Crowlops. Yeah, the yeah, the Matt James thing is cool. I, I don't necessarily need a super ghetto black person ever, but I want uh, – he's – I guess if it's the mold for ABC, he's too clean cut, if that makes sense. Like, he looks like the black person that ABC would have created for this show. You know what I'm saying? I would like, let's let's say we get a black person that can be that clean cut that went to, like, an HBCU. You know what I'm saying? That, that actually probably hangs around black people. Because the photos that I'm looking again, this is a small sample size. I see one black guy, and I see a white dude with almost naked, which is very confusing. A white woman, another white man. <laughs> so there's two different types of black people. Or, or again, not a monolith. I just contradict myself, but I clearly see a video of him. Looks like some sort of snowstorm and he's getting out of his car in his underwear, looking like he's about to run in the snow. The black people that I know, they're not really trying to do all that. That's what I'm saying. I'd, I'd like to see, you know, Something like that. It, it sounds crazy, but get a, you get know a what nigga. I mean. 
That's what you get a nigga. Don't get a black man. Get a nigga. I don't need I don't need the gold mouth. I just I just need somebody that's a little bit more authentic. Like ABC your mom, your mom lives in Mississippi type. You know what I'm saying? Like, I am like at gmail.com. ABC, y'all hook me up with a show. I guarantee you I will act a motherfucking fool on ABC. Ratings will be there. If you need me to sniff coke off a woman's ass, I'll do it. <laughs> We, we're in that, you know what I'm saying? With threesomes on television, I oh, put okay. on women. I don't care, you know what I'm saying? That's entertainment. Not and, and I wouldn't be running in my drawers in the snow because I don't do stuff like that. Okay. And I don't really hang with white people outside of Chuck the decoy. Um, There's nothing wrong with white people. I'm just saying, like, I mean, it's not. But I'm just saying, you have like shout out to shout out to President Black's group chat. He he'll tell you about white people. But there you go. Yeah, it, there's yeah. definitely different layers to, on the Negro spe- spectrum, yeah. and it seems like the guy that they got is like on the fence. Yeah, I mean, shout out to him. And, and like Marcus said, the only way that they're gonna get me to watch that show is if they have all black women contestants. If they do that, I'm in. I'm all in. Well, I'm it, live it, ABC, I will live tweet. I will live tweet every single episode, bro. Give me all black majority. It needs to be a majority of of black women. Like every every time there's a white bachelor, well, every time it's been a a white bachelor, it's always like one or two black women and maybe one Spanish girl and maybe one Asian girl. They never get past like the first date. Like I need there to be like one or two white women, and that's it. And mostly black women or other women of color. And if if ABC does this right, they're going to see their viewership go up because when Black Twitter gets a hold of your shit, we make shit popular. We make shit hot. Like eight, like The Bachelor is obviously a successful show, but I said this before when we talked about The Bachelorette. Like, if you get black people on your stuff, especially on Twitter, we will make that shit tw- uh, trend the entire time. Like, it becomes a big deal. It becomes a new cool thing. But you got it. You, you got to do it right. You, I mean, I hate to say, it, but you got to pander. You want us to watch a show? Make it so we want to watch it. These, them white people ain't going nowhere. Like you've been yeah. watching the Bachelor, Bachelor for twenty eight years. You ain't stopping now. Damn, twenty eight years. Twenty eight years. They ain't going nowhere. Twenty eight seasons. There's no way it's been yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, however many. Oh, okay. that's what to say. Yeah, yeah, I do the same. That that is interesting. Yeah, keep keep that same energy, ABC. If you have when you have white contestants, if you have mainly white females or males. Make it match. If you have a black contestant, give him a majority of black female participants. So, but yeah, that, that's uh, yeah, ABC, do that, do that, do that. And you got you got my viewership, you got you got a new viewer right here. I will tell all my friends to watch as well. So, we'll see what happens. But, uh, really no transition to this. Uh, Dave Chappelle dropped a, uh, I guess, a special, I can't even really call it a comedy. Show I uh, Dolphins described it more as a monologue. Uh, it was called 846. Uh, 846 represents the amount of time that the police officers kneeled on uh, George Floyd's neck when they murdered him on tape. Uh, and I just want to get y'all guys' kind of initial reactions and when you saw it because all, all I saw on like the internet was like, Oh, yeah, Dave Chappelle is true. Some people are putting him up there with like some of the greatest communicators of all time. And I, I was curious what you guys was initial thoughts when you when you watched it. Yeah, I would. I was probably one of those people who was saying that. Like, uh, I, I I remember when he he left the Chappelle Show, which was like the biggest, most successful TV show 
at the time, and he left $50, 50 million on the table because he didn't like the creative direction or he didn't like the way people were viewing his show. He left all that, and people called him crazy. Like, we all called him crazy for doing that, for going to Africa. We all made jokes about it. You know, why would you turn down $50 million? You have the biggest show on TV. Why are you leaving? This man's crazy. But this man might be the smartest person to ever, like, get in front of a microphone when it comes to, like, comedy. And even just in general, uh, just public speaking, like, that that special maybe had, like, three three jokes in there. But it was it was smart. It was informative. It was like it was moving. It was emotional. Like it touched on everything that was going. Like and it was recorded. Like what uh, earlier this month they said. So it's still fresh. You know what I'm saying? Like it it almost seemed like he went in there without a plan. Like he was just like, I'm just gonna go up here. I got a few things I want to touch on, but I'm just gonna go up here, go up here and talk. And that's what he did. And. Dave Chappelle is one of those people at this point, when he talks, you listen. That's that's where he is right now. The thing that I took from it was um, there was a, a little spot in there early on where he was uh, basically saying how people, they were beginning to clamor for him, him, him as well as other celebrities to kind of speak out about it. And he kind of just gave us our time as the people in the streets. Uh, to speak about it and to think about it before he made uh, his speech or, or let his feelings be known. Because I kind of feel like it's almost the same thing as like people are clamoring for Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole and these other rappers that are on that level to make songs. But it's like, if you've said stuff like this in the past, you don't have to keep reproving your position. We We know where you stand with it. As far as the special is, uh, I thought he articulated it really well. Um, I also thought that he was able to, it, it was emotional, but it wasn't emotional in a bad way. And I feel like sometimes us as black people, when we're speaking or trying to convey our opinion to other people, we can get a bit emotional and sometimes the message can get skewed along the way, but his message was perfect. He was even killed. It was loud and clear and it was just what we needed. It it was well-timed and I definitely appreciate him for that. I know some people, they kind of hate on him a little bit because they may not understand his comedy. And I mean, I haven't seen a small majority of people saying, Oh, well, it's not a comedy special. Well, you know what? Now's not the time. We know Dave Chappelle's funny. It was a couple of jokes in there. That's all that was needed, but he needed to say that monologue to get off his chest, how he felt about these situations. And it was also cool how he did make some of the numbers add up like the definitely stressing the eight minutes and 46 seconds which is a long ass time i ask you people this uh, if we have any white people that are listening try to do something as simple as plank for eight minutes and 46 seconds and see how long that really is a long time but um it it was a great special it's i'm proud of him for that kudos and he didn't have to be a seven-time felon and refer to shit as being Wakanda around here. So it's much appreciated. Yeah, the biggest takeaway I had was it, it was very, I would say, jarring just to see the, the raw emotion come from Dave Chappelle. Like, you could really tell that, like, that shit really hit him. And it, he made it he made it hit you as well. Like, if you if you really weren't there emotionally, like, he made it real. Like, yo, like... 846, that was the time he was born, you know what I'm saying? Which was the amount of time it took to kill somebody. So that 
that kind of resonates with him more and it's low-key PTSD. Like it's one of those things that he will always think about that, like for the rest of his life. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's unfortunate that, that that's the case. Um, and also the whole Kobe Bryant eight twenty four thing, which was crazy too. Like yeah, I didn't know there's that. a lot of things. Yeah, there's a lot of things going on in that dude's head. And I, I do like that he he got to express that and get that out. So I'm sure that was good for him. But the biggest thing that stood out to me was him uh, referencing uh, Chris Dorner. And I had to do some Google search. And I was like, wow, how have, I, how have I never heard about this story? And after I looked up a little bit more and I saw some more pictures, I was like, yo, okay, I do remember this story. But my biggest question is, how isn't this dude's story a movie? You know what I'm saying? Like, this dude was a, a Navy reservist. Um, he was in the Los Angeles police. You know, he grew up, I think he said he grew up, he was the only black kid in his class until like the seventh grade or something like that. Did honorable service in the Navy, came out, was trying to be an honorable cop. And, you know, unfortunately, that didn't really work out for him as, you know, he was, uh, he accused another officer of doing some, uh, abusing somebody, abusing their, their power. And ultimately, they said that he was lying about it, even though the person, you know, had marks to their face, had to go to the hospital for it, but he was determined to be a liar and could not get his job back. Mind you, there's cops that clearly shoot people, kill people, do all kinds of illegal things, but can transfer to another department and get their job back, right? So if you didn't watch the special and if you have read up on this guy, he pretty much let them know like, hey, either you apologize and tell everybody that you guys are wrong, I'm going to start clapping folks. He wrote a manifesto, he gave them a fair warning, and he was a man about his words and started clapping people. So not saying what he did was right, but he was a man of his own principles. You know what I'm saying? He was a military dude. He was a cop. He felt like in his heart of hearts, he was doing it right. And Chappelle even referenced it. Like, he felt like that he was taking care of business, taking care of bad guys. Like, if a cop's going to lie about something allegedly is minors, kicking somebody in the face, like, what do you have to gain from... from you know, saying that to somebody like, hey, this officer was doing something illegal. You know, that's going to put you in a pinch. You know what I'm saying? But apparently, according to a lot of people, there's only a couple of bad apples. But when you try to root out these bad apples, you become vilified. You become ostracized. You become pushed out. And then the bad apples continue to rotten up the bunch. So, yeah, definitely look at that story. I did. It make a crazy movie. I Nobody would do it because it's a wild story. Like he was out there like ambushing people, clapping folks. He had a standoff in the mountains in a cabin where he ultimately lost his life. But yeah, it's 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 definitely a crazy story. Shout out to shout out to Dave Chappelle for bringing that back up. But he's definitely, you know, it's it's interesting who gets deemed veterans and who doesn't get deemed veterans. I mean he was an honorable vet, you know? Just a real quick on on Chappelle, like I I just think that he's he's just in a space right now where he can he can do whatever he wants. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not he's not a brand. He's Dave Chappelle. You know, like I'm not saying he's the only guy that was smart enough to do a special like that. Like I feel like Chris Rock probably could have did something like that. But like like when you when you go back to like who Dave Chappelle was and what he was doing, he was on a trajectory of being like a household name and name brand to where everybody's like, hey he's going to be our pitch man our salesman or all that we're going to put him on the face of everything he's gonna be all these movies whatever whatever and then he you know flipped it and went away you look at someone like kevin hart if kevin hart wanted to do that what dave Chappelle did like just go out there speak his mind 
talk about stuff like that, he probably couldn't because even though he's like the most successful, you know, box office comedian, he's the most successful, uh, you know, movie star, Kevin Hart is a brand. And kind of like NASCAR, uh, a lot of his fans are white. And a lot of those white people spend a lot of money. And I think Kevin Hart has said it himself. Like, Dave Chappelle has the type of freedom that most comedians and most people in general, like, we don't have the type of freedom to speak out and do what we want the way that Dave Chappelle is. And he has done that by, you know, making sacrifices. Like, he did it the hard way. You know what I'm saying? He did. He did have to turn down $50 million. He did. He was, like, ostracized by Hollywood by leaving. But in the end, he believed in himself. He did what he wanted to do. He believed in his art, and it paid off in the end. And I wish a lot more people were able to do that, especially like you know musicians and rappers and stuff like that. You athletes. don't have to be you don't, athletes. You don't have to be fake out here. If you do, if you be who you are and you're authentic, people will gravitate towards that. If that's who you are, we'll 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 rock with it. You don't have to be fake. You don't have like I can't speak for like I think it's different for athletes because they have the media that has to kind of push their story and their narratives. But if you're like a rapper, if you're like, like, and I've said, I've said this before, if you're someone like Drake who wants to just make a completely R&B singing type album, then do that. If that's who you are, then just do that. Don't feel like you have to put rap trap records on your album just to appease a certain part of your fan base. Be who you are, do what you want to do. That's what Kendrick does. And he's fine. J Cole does that. He's fine. Just do you and this, and you'll be okay. You might not make Kevin Hart money, but I feel like at the end of the day, you'll be happy with what you're doing. Yeah, that's yeah, it's definitely one of those things. So if you haven't watched 846, definitely check that out. Also, something definitely that I want folks to check out is uh, the Five Bloods, which is the Spike Lee joint. Um, it's it's a good, it's a solid flick. I, they say he don't miss all the time on Twitter. Like I don't think Spike Lee really has too many misses. Nah, he's got some. Um, yeah, I guess we all we all miss, but but it's it's one of those things. Like I'm surprised, and maybe because it's still early. Maybe by the time y'all hear this, more of this will come out. But I'm surprised there's not a lot of think pieces about this this movie yet, because it 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 delves into a lot of different a lot of different issues. Like just just off the first watch, things that you could talk about: PTSD that's touched on, historic racism, money being the root of all evil. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot going on, a lot going on in this movie, but uh, yeah, it was a uh, very educational, very historic. Um, I liked it. I'm not really into the war movies per se, but if Spike Lee does it, then I'll definitely check it out. If you haven't seen Miracle in Santa Ana, that's a great one too that he did. Um, but but yeah, it, it was an interesting movie. Like the premise was there was uh, five guys from the Vietnam War. Uh, four because one of them died. It's not really a spoiler. You'll find it out in like the first thirty seconds. Of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, Chadwick Boseman's character—he died in Vietnam, and the other four gentlemen are going back to recover his remains, along with trying to find some gold that they recovered, you know, way back when, to you know, get paid or whatever. And a lot, a lot goes on from that point. But I mean, what are you guys' thoughts? Because I had a, I had a couple of thoughts that. A couple of things that bother me, but well, you know, I want to hear what you guys' thoughts are. Um, as far as the movie goes, it's not a it's not a top tier 
Spike Lee movie. It's really good, but it's not, you know, it's not Malcolm X. It's not 25th Hour. It's not one of those types. But it's in, it's in that second tier. It was really good. Uh, it was pretty intense. It was it was oddly emotional. I don't know if we're going to, like, really be able to talk about this movie. But, like, the last, I think it was, like, the last 10 minutes I was watching this movie. And I just started crying. Like, it was so weird. I was just like, why am I crying right now? And then I couldn't stop. Like, the credits are going. And I'm still sitting there just crying watching this because of, I guess, how it felt to see uh, just all the black faces in a movie like this when it comes to, like, you know, the Vietnam War and stuff like that. Because, like, they don't show that stuff. Whenever you hear about, like, the Vietnam War, it's always Rambo and these, you know, big, strong white people or whatever, like, fighting these wars. And that's not always the case. There's a lot of black people out there that did a lot of stuff. And it just, it just, it hit something in me to see them get recognized for what, for to finally get recognized. Cause there's not a lot of, when you look at, when you think about war movies, how many war movies do you, can you think of where the main character or a majority of the characters were black? Like, how many are there? Have you seen Miracle of Santa Ana? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, that, that one hit me too. That, that was probably the only one I could think of outside of like Red Tails. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, see, I didn't see Red Tails. I probably should. I probably, but I heard that one was wasn't either either way. The, well, my, I mean, there's the original version and the new version. I heard yeah, the original version. I, I, I guess the point is, is like there, there's not a lot of them. We don't get to to tell our story like that that often, and especially for them to tell that story the way they did without having the quote unquote white savior in there, like the white guy who led them or the white guy that saves them, that shows them the you know teaches them their life lesson or whatever. Like they didn't even have that in there. It was just like, hey, it's about these five black dudes. Like, it's about cool. their life. It's about what they did. And, and, let, and let me jump in real quick to, to kind of tie in what you're saying as far as, like, you know, the black people that served in Vietnam. And this kind of ties back to what we were saying about black history. Literally, the black history we learned is just Rosa Parks, Martin Luther King, and slavery or whatever. They never really go further into that. And same with uh, that ties into kind of the whole Drew Brees situation or anybody that uses the troops as a way to not disrespect the flag. They they always take in consideration the troops, except the black ones that came home and that were lynched or couldn't get a job or couldn't buy a house or were treated like shit, which was also talked about in the movie. Had to go to like, the back door. Yeah. The water, these, out of the water hose. And it was crazy. One of the stats they point out in this movie was that black people are only were about 10, 13 percent of the population. But in Vietnam, 35 percent of the people out there were black. Like that that doesn't make any sense. Like you're going to you're going to have them fight your wars, not let them get jobs, not let them go to college, not, the, not let them use GI bills, not let them have a chance of being middle class or even improving their their generational, you know, statistics or whatever like it, it doesn't make any sense but then you have the, the the audacity to use the flag as a proxy for respect for the nation when you don't respect the nation yourself unless it looks like you but that yeah go ahead that that's one part that kind of stood out to me and and another point along with the war movies like white not to generalize again white listeners you're, you're taking it on the head today but today is your day it is what it is welcome to the cookout Welcome to the cookout. It's one of those things where, like, white people seemingly love these war movies, right? 
I guarantee you, and that might be my thing. I'm gonna start asking white people that love these war movies, glorify these war movies, like oh, Saving Private Ryan, blah 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 blah. I'm like, oh, have you seen have you seen Red Red Tails? Have you seen Miracle at Santa Ana? You know what I'm saying? Like, why does it? Why does the love for these war movies and this history seem to stop when it gets a little darker? You know what I'm saying? And I I could be wrong, but I I never hear anybody talk about any other war movies besides like. The Saver Private Ryan's or the one that just came out or D-Day or all that shit. Like there's these movies are great and they teach you a lot of history. Like they they taught uh early in the movie, and I, I Googled the dude's name. I, I never knew about this. The 18-year-old guy that won the Medal of Honor for jumping on that uh on that grenade. I, I had it up and I don't have it, but I'll find it. But that's that is our history. That's stuff that we're not taught. That's stuff that's not amplified during these these military appreciation months and these these holidays it's usually the old ass white dude getting the medal you know what i'm saying the like okay how many how many how many militarizations are named after black people because clearly it was a big thing that they're trying to get some of these army bases renamed because they're named after confederate war generals you know what i'm saying like make it make sense like why is this the, the part of history that you want to remember but you clearly have honorable people that did great things, did very noble things, and they're like written out of the history books. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, and, and this is why we need movies and productions like this to kind of show, to kind of counterbalance the narrative that only white people protect this country, only white people serve this country. It's more diverse than you would think, but you know, don't disrespect the flag. It's a piece, it's a piece of cloth, but. One, um, I watched the movie and I felt like it was pretty good. Um, I just like cut it off maybe about an hour before we even started the show. Um, so I was like doing other stuff, so it was like some parts that I missed, but it is good when you do have movies that are like that because, like, if you look at some of these movies, like a Savior Private Ryan or any of these other older movies that portray the Vietnam War, it'll be like 12 white guys to one black guy, one random black guy that dies, or, or something like that. I mean, I, I haven't even, outside of Dead Presidents, which that movie wasn't all about the Vietnam War, um, that's the only time I've ever really, you know, just seen black people in the world. Like, they had, I mean, war. They had, like, almost an entire black brigade, I guess, uh, that were section or whatever uh, that were working together and they were like led by a white person and stuff like that. But just typically, you know, we were drafted. We fought in that war um, on dead presidents, even in this movie, as you can see, uh, when black people got back, you know, they didn't get any freedom at all. You know, we fought a war for uh, against people that we have no beef against for people that don't care about us and we didn't receive anything in return. Um, it was kind of scary. Like I, I was trying to figure out why would you, I understand it was a lot of money in the gold, but it's like, you know, it's like a, a land mine field. So I, I don't think even if it was, well, I, don't, I don't think they knew that per se. <laughs> like again, you know that there's still landmines. Like just, I, I know that from just basic Google search, there's still active landmines. I haven't got them all yet. I mean, you got to risk it to get the biscuit, though. Yeah, but you're like 70-something years old. Like, just... <sighs> yeah, I, I, I feel <laughs> you. And, and that plays... One, one thing, like, I'm like, why did they wait so late to come back? Like, they didn't 
you couldn't come back in the 90s when you could kind of spend it. But it was an honorable thing, like as far as what they did for Chadwick uh, Boseman's character. Um, it was a good movie, like I said, for, for me, with some of this stuff, is good to see different stories from our lenses instead of always seeing stuff from their lenses or ha- having your cliche black person in the ghetto trying to overcome a hater and you get rich, you know, just seeing those same types of movies. This is always good to have the uh, variety uh, within the movie business. So when you do get the chance as a black person, support it. I mean, even if you don't like war movies, you can cut it on in the background of your Netflix and just let it ride out so we can get the credits, you know, because one of the things that I remember with Red Tails was um, George Lucas actually had to go ahead and give it the green light because white people, they didn't think that that movie could sell. And I remember it was almost a challenge for us to go to the movie theaters to see it. And we showed up and showed out. Like I was one of, um, I was in that first wave of people at first weekend. It was packed, like lines, like it was Black Panther packed because they were saying we wouldn't support this type of movie. So when we do have these types of movies, it is important to support them. Overall, it's a good movie. Is it one of Spike Lee's best? No. Uh, it doesn't even have like his normal Spike Lee things that he likes to do, but it was still an excellent movie and a great story. And there's a whole, and I'm probably going to try to post this, but they have a pop culture glossary for the Five Bloods, all the historic references they make as far as uh, Muhammad Ali, Tommy Smith, and John Carlos. Uh, the gentleman like I remember his name was Milton L. Olive the third. He died in Vietnam trying to save fellow soldiers. He's awarded the Medal of Honor post, uh, posthumously after his death. Like that's a big deal. Like that's the highest honor one can receive in the military. And I'm just hearing about this from watching a Spike Lee movie. And again, I could do more research myself, but every other person that has won these awards are thrown in your face. But they don't look like me. You know what I'm saying? So I, I like that he put a lot of the history in there. And that's that's cool, man. You can go in here and, and learn some stuff and educate yourself, educate other people. So I do appreciate that. But the knocks I have in the movie real quick is I, I didn't get why that all the flashbacks, because there weren't that many. Most of the movie was in present time. But why didn't you get young actors for like the well, flashback? Okay. I, that, you know that, bothered that bothered me a lot. I was like, you could at least shave his face or do some CGI. Like, come on, you know what? I, you money, I, like. I saw that. I actually, I actually appreciated that though, honestly, because it was like because they didn't do so many flashbacks. I think it was it, it was something different to just show the the guys at their age going back. To when they were younger, but not getting younger actors and still having Chadwick be this young and you know in shape guy. I thought it was a different spin on that because that you you would have had to like remember the guy's names and know exactly what okay, which guy is that? It's it was just a lot easy. It was it was different, but that was something I did notice. So I kind of I kind of I was rocking rock with it. I was like, you know what? That's fine. It was hit, it was hit or miss. I, I get it. If it, if it was done intentionally, like maybe maybe like the flashbacks are from their perspectives, so you're seeing them now. Like if, if that's how I could could rationalize, like okay, they're just like they're there in that time reliving it as they are now. But then at the end of the movie, they showed like a picture with them all looking young. I was like, I think that's, I, that's, I, probably, that's probably budget budget stuff. It, yeah, <laughs> like, but it wouldn't. It wouldn't. But again, because there was so little flash, but it would have been hard to remember the guys. One guy was pigeon toed. One guy was super tall and black. You got Chadwick, and you got kind of the, the chubby dude from The Wire. Shout out to shout out to uh, 
Senator Clay Davis for uh, the the cameo, the uh, the Easter egg in uh, the movie. If you watch The Wire, you watch this movie, you'll know what I'm talking about. So, but it, yeah, that that was cool. Um, I think that was kind of my biggest my biggest knock. But again, the think pieces. I might have to do a think piece thread. Like one of the things in there, one of the guys, the the black guys, he he had a MAGA hat on, right? He brought a MAGA hat to to Vietnam, <clears throat> and uh. And this, I think this was done intentionally, but <clears throat> the dude clearly had like some mental issues or PTSD or something like that tied in with that. So I think that was kind of maybe a shot to certain black folks who might, you know, rock with that shit. It's like, yo, dog, you got some problems in your head, dog. It's like, I, I found that kind of kind of interesting. And I wonder if that was done intentionally because like, why else would you randomly put a fucking, you know what I'm saying? Why would you advertise that? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I, I, think I think that was. I, I think, think that was at the end that the the maga had towards the end. There was some there was some yeah. symbolism in there. You can see, I yeah, was but there was some symbolism to go with that hat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a lot. It was like, yeah, it was a lot going on. There was a lot. There was some turns. I was like, I was like, yo, like my yeah. eyes were wide open at that one part. I was like, oh no. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, had to, I had to sit up a few times. I was like, oh, that's what we're doing. Oh, y'all are y'all in war, war, huh? Okay, my bad. I, I thought y'all was playing. Nah, this is serious. <laughs> Go home, you know what I'm saying? Shit's gonna be sweet. Nope. Nah, <laughs> I mean, and, and even even though it was even though it's a war movie and it's and it it was intense and it was serious, it was it was cool to see Chadwick Boseman kind of just be a cool ass nigga. Like there was a couple parts in that movie where he was just like, damn, that dude's cool as hell, man. Like normally in his movies, he's playing a biopic of a you know of a black legend or he's playing like some super intense character. And he was intense in this movie, but there was like certain parts where he was just like, "Man, that dude's really cool, man." Like he, you could build a whole movie around this guy just being just a smooth guy, not like, you know, Shaft or whatever like that, but something where he can just kind of let his guard down a little bit and just be a cool dude, man. He's a cool guy. He was in he was in his Denzel bag a little bit. I, oh, I can see what he was in that 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 role had Denzel's name all over it. I can see that. And and also, if you didn't know, I think Denzel was the one that paid for his uh, education to his acting school or something like that. So uh, there we go. But uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely check that movie out. I guess real quick, just like on the whole uh, Black history stuff, like Muhammad Ali spoke out against the Vietnam War. You know what I'm saying? And everybody like right now talks about, oh, how much we love Muhammad Ali. Like he was the greatest. He was a great boxer. But back then... People hated that dude because he said that stuff. They they tried to put him in jail. He lost like three years of his prime because he spoke out against that war. And then once he lost his ability to talk, now everybody loves him. But people hated that dude. People hated MLK for speaking out against the Vietnam War. They hated him so much that they killed him for it. Like we got to yes, We got to <laughs> But and that's the thing with Black History. Like teaches about Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King, but like Muhammad Ali. Like he spoke out on these things. You know, like. Of course, we like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar now. We like Jim Brown now, but people weren't people weren't rocking with these guys back then. Like, I, I hate this revisionist history that they put with MLK, with you know uh, uh, Muhammad Ali, even Stuart Scott. When Stuart Scott died, all these kids came out like, "Oh, we love Stuart Scott. Like, he made Sports Center cool. He made it relevant." No, people hated Stuart Scott. If you read his book, he will tell you that people did not like his style. They did not like the way he did things. They only appreciated it once he was gone. Now that he's gone, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we nah, we like him. No, you didn't. Stop lying. And just for a quick, um, uh, I guess, I don't know if it's trivia, but if 
if you can tell me who the the five bloods were named after, it's, oh it's, yeah, I kind of, yeah, who, they're all they're they're all named after a specific group of people. If you can tell me who that is, and you send me a screenshot of you leaving a five star review on Apple Podcasts, I will cash after you twenty bucks. But you have to do you have to send me a screenshot of you leaving a five star review. Who are the five bloods? What are their names in reference to? What group of people are they named after? I did. I was like, am I tripping? Or I was like, oh, okay, okay. I didn't catch it at first. I didn't catch it at first. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, definitely, definitely check out the five bloods. Hopefully, we can have a lot more conversations. I mean, it's, it's definitely, you know, good content to discuss as far as all the things that went into that. We might, and I, I feel like what we'll talk about, maybe just do an episode on the, the cultural references and the history portion. And, you know, maybe not cussing it so people can play it for the kids. But um, anywho, just real quick before we wrap up, I know it's been over an hour, but uh, I don't I didn't know who this person was prior to this whole Twitter shit going on. But this B. Simone character, like, again, I didn't pay attention to it, but it started to get mad interesting. Um, I guess she was she's on Wildin' Out. Um, I guess she wrote a book about like manifestation or something like that. So she's getting slandered first because, and I didn't pay attention to it because one of the five Twitter arguments about, you know, people working nine to five. She got roasted for that. Then they started exposing her book was made out of like newspapers falling apart. Cool. She got exposed for that. The part that I jumped on board with the slander is when they exposed her for directly plagiarizing, plagiarizing content from some white lady for her book, like word for word, didn't change the order of the sentences, nothing. So, and she's like, oh, I don't need social media. I'll never be canceled. And it was funny. Somebody screenshot that tweet and was like, yo, like she really knows she's talking about. She really manifested herself getting canceled. So uh, word of advice, man, just, just be quiet. Don't steal. Like, even like, to be honest, she's lazy and she's uncreative. Cause if you read self-help books, I have before I read a couple of them, they're literally all the same concepts. Like anybody, anybody can write a self-help book. Nothing's going to change what they're telling you. Like there's no secret, no new secret that's come out in like the last 100 years. So if you're that lazy where you can't even rearrange the sentences for stealing somebody's shit or change the words that, hey, you got to take that up. So shout out to Beast Mo for being the wild scammer. But that's all I got. You guys, any closing words? Uh, I would say uh, read Soul Patrol. For uh, I know the Fourth of July or whatever is coming up like next month and Juneteenth and all that. Uh, watch watch the Five Bloods and then read Soul Patrol because I, I I'm pretty sure I, I gotta do some some YouTubing but I'm pretty sure Spike Lee got some uh, influence from that book and I, that's a book I actually read like three years ago and it's 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 pretty much that same thing it's about uh, these black dudes that were in the war and it's a true story. Yeah, I definitely add this to my list. Uh, closing words for me. Uh, I don't really have any. Just uh, stay black, stay brown, you know, and let's all get down. Um, shout out to everybody that's been rocking with our wave, uh, keeping that same energy with the protests. Um, whether you're black, white, brown, you know, whatever it is, you know, we definitely appreciate your support as always. And that's all I got for today. I'm AC3 Savage. Uh, follow me wherever. 
Word. And and real quick before I, I sign off, and I, I think I messaged the Dolphins about this, but I got caught in the, the title matrix. So I'm not a clue like Marcus Sniffles uses Apple ah. Music. But I stumbled across a Michael McDonald album from 2008 that's called Soul Speak. And <laughs> Soul Speak? <laughs> let me read you the titles. It's a, it's a cover album. Some of the songs he covers are Living for the City, Love what? TKO. <laughs> what? For, what? for What's in My Life. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Redemption. Redemption song, and you don't know me. Those are one of the 14 tracks. And that shit is good. Oh, my <laughs> like God. That shit, that shit is good. Like, I was like, yo, this dude's out here singing his soul out. I'm like, oh. bro, go, go check it out after the podcast. It's called Soul Speak, Michael McDonald from 2008. If you're not aware who Michael McDonald is, uh, his song is sampled on uh, Regulators. So, wow. Yeah. The more you know. <laughs> Welcome to 2020. <laughs> this is a KTSC Av. Always remember, keep that same energy. Be out. Peace. Oh, also check out. Damn. <laughs> check out. I was also on the uh, Yes Another podcast with the homie that brother Lowe. So I appreciate him having me on. We had a good time. Definitely go check that out. We out. Peace. <laughs>